I've had this revelation in my spirit over the last couple of weeks about conferences. I thank God for conferences like North American Youth Congress and the United Pentecostal Church International General Conference. I thank God for youth rallies and sectional rallies and all of these amazing things that we get to do together. But it's been a revelation in my spirit that God does not prepare you at home to go to the conference. God prepares you at the conference to take it back home. What God does at events like North American Youth Congress and what he puts in us would not matter if we didn't take it back to our city because everything that is outpoured of the Holy Spirit will be for the cause of revival. It will not be for our personal gain. And so when we take it back to our city, that is when revival happens. This is a conversation that I got to have with my good friend, David Jennings, who is the guest today on the Noteworthy podcast. David Jennings lives in Silsby, Texas, where he serves in ministry at Abundant Life. He's extremely involved in music ministry all over the country and has sung at events like the Battle Cry Tour and North American Youth Congress in 2017. He is also the founder and manager of Jennings Music School. You'll get to hear a little bit about that in the interview. I do want to take just a quick second to also mention that today's episode is sponsored by the Worship Workshop, an online music conference happening Saturday, September 14th. It's not too late for you to go register. Let me tell you a quick little tidbit about it. Okay, over 30 sessions by 15 presenters, including Andy Ferguson, Travis Dykes, Joy Norris, Shira McKee. Heard of them? Yeah, these are some great people and many more. Register at www.theworshipworkshop.com. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. It's going to be an incredible episode with my friend, David Jennings. Let's go. Hey, bro. How are you? Going just fine. How are you? Man, I am doing well. Man, thank you so much uh, for taking time to do this interview tonight. How have you been? I've been uh, doing good. Been very busy. And uh, it is an honor to be asked to do this as well. So uh, really looking forward to this. I'm, I'm excited about it. Man, it is a high honor. And, uh, you know, I've heard awesome things about you for a, a few years now. And then I'm so glad that the Lord connected us this year. I feel like we finally got to meet. And I'm yes. just, I'm so <laughs> thankful for your friendship, man. And I've been wanting to get you on the podcast. I'm so excited that it's finally worked out. Um, I know that uh, you live in Silsby, Texas, right? Is that that's correct? Okay, that's correct. And you serve at Abundant Life Church, and, and I know you're extremely involved in music ministry. I'm really excited for the listeners uh, because I know you're going to get to invest uh, a lot into them and get to help the listeners. Uh, and so, if you could tell us just a little bit about yourself, I know everybody might not know you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your church and your city. Uh, and your ministry role in Texas there. Okay. Um, well, 
I am originally from a place called Coppers Cove, Texas. It is a part of uh, the central Texas area. And uh, it's been a, a few years now, but I've lived in Silsby, I think going on about uh, maybe five or six years. Silsby is in the southeast part of Texas and uh, it's a it's a small town. Uh, but the good thing is, is we have a powerful church and uh, our church is, is that way because of our great leadership. My bishop uh, is Douglas White. He He's been investing and been the pastor here of this church for nearly 30 years. And then my pastor, Pastor Benjamin White, uh, who is the current pastor of the church. And so uh, it's just an amazing uh, thing to be a part of. As far as what I currently do at my um, my home church, I, I guess I kind of do a little bit of everything. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, so predominantly my wife and I, Sister Bethany Jennings, we are uh, over the music department here at our church. Uh, however, uh, I am one of the ministers here at church and, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm highly involved in media, uh, high involved in just little bits of everything, anywhere that I can help the kingdom at is exactly, um, what I want to do. So, uh, anything they need. I, I try to be the, the go get it guy or whatever you call that, you know, right. where you just anything anybody needs, uh, you know, you try your best to get it done. I, I think we need people like that in the kingdom. So bro, if everybody were like yourself, we would be all set. We would be, we, <laughs> we'd be having revival everywhere, man. Uh, I'm, I really am, uh, thankful for your spirit. I'm thankful for your, uh, your, the, the spirit of a servant. It just, every time I'm around you, it just feels like you jump in wherever the need is at. Uh, and I'm so thankful for that. Now we of officially and finally met, uh, on the battle cry tour this year. Yes. And I'm so glad we finally met. I felt like we kept like, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting you. And then we'd miss each other. And then all this stuff would happen. And then finally at <laughs> battle cry, we got to meet, uh, what an incredible event that was Rachel and I loved just being just a little piece of it. And, uh, it was, it was an honor to be a part. How was that experience for you going on tour with James Wilson and court Chavis and Brittany Scott? What an amazing thing it was. Um, so I have never been, or I, up until that point, had never been on tour before. Um, I, I never actually attended Bible college, and, and I know there's quite a few Bible colleges that have uh, tours, you know, and right. things like that. And so yes, uh, there was uh, a few people on the team that had already been on tours, so they kind of knew, you know, what to do, what to expect. Uh, so for me, going into it, I did not know what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how tour was going to be. All I knew was that we have these stops. We're going to get there. I don't know what the services are going to be like. So the cool thing is, is being on tour with people like James Wilson, people like Court Chavis and Brittany Scott, they are apostolic to the core. Yes, sir. Yeah. And since uh, that is the case, it literally, it didn't feel like we were on tour. It, it felt like we were, we were basically just evangelizing is, is what it felt like. It felt like we were going from spot to spot and we were having church and seeing God do things at every single spot. It didn't feel like a concert. It didn't feel like a show. We went in there and we had a powerful time in the Lord. And so, uh, thank you. If, if they do get to listen to this, thank you to James and yeah. uh, brother Court and sister Brittany for 
for allowing me to be a part and invest in something like that with you uh, and just traveling and getting to meet. Well, people like you and and your wife, you know, yes, uh, that wouldn't have happened the way it did if it wasn't for uh, the Battle Cry tour. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next one, if there is a next one. Man, I, I'm, I was so excited about it. Uh, and it, I'm telling you what, man, there's just there's just nothing like apostolic music. And I'm, yes. I'm so thankful for the shift that we are seeing uh, with the support of apostolic artists, uh, with people like James and Brittany uh, and, and Brother Court and just all these people that are rising up and God is using them in such a powerful way. I'm telling you, man, uh, Rachel and I were the uh, local guest artist on the first night, the first stop in Atlanta and the presence of God, man, uh, was unbelievable, man. It was unbelievable. You could just feel God there. You could feel God in the worship. And then man, by the end of the concert, uh, Jesus just took over and, and oh man, I'm so thankful for that. And I, I think it's really cool that they were able to get a team together. There was a lot of people involved on that tour. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> there really was. <laughs> Man, they had like a sound team and 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 like the media team and all the singers and bro. There was like nine thousand musicians. That's literal, not even exaggerating. <laughs> it was awesome, man. It was it was amazing. Um, you know, it's to to get that many people together, um, like that. I I personally thought oh my goodness, this is going to be a little bit crazy. It's going to be scattered. But uh, Sister Brittany, actually, she was one of the main ones coordinating this. She is so good at organizing things uh, that, I mean, we got in there and we already knew what to expect. It was done. The media had their stuff in line. I mean, and when, when you're working with people that are passionate about what they're doing, they're passionate about, uh, you know, just being a a part of something that is bigger than them. Everybody just tends to, to be on the ball with things. And so it really, um, you know, lined out and, um, on, on the subject of the Battle Cry Tour, what a lot of people don't know is there uh, have been reports of uh, physical healings that have come from that wow. and people being renewed in the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God being poured out during that. Yeah, so uh, it's just uh, it's an amazing thing. Again, it, it wasn't just, uh, you know, just the the talent and the ability that was there. Uh, but I really believe the spirit of God was there and, and that God had his hand on it. Amen. I believe that man. And that was evident uh, for those that got to attend that meeting. Um, I was, I was excited to see some things online about Jennings music school. And uh, I've been looking at it online, kind of checking it out. Uh, what an incredible resource for musicians. Can you tell us a little bit about the origins and the heartbeat of Jennings music? Where did that uh, come from? Yes. Um, so Jennings music, uh, Jennings music school, first of all, it is, it is, uh, been made possible by my pastor and my Bishop for us to have the facility, uh, here in Silsby, Texas to, uh, host the music lessons that we do. Um, one of the, 
things that God did in my life personally is I was uh, growing up and there was a few sisters in the church that played piano and uh, there was a couple guys that played the drums and maybe a couple people that played bass. And I was sitting on the pew at church one day and uh, I just kept feeling this, this tug um, to play music. And for me at the time, it was kind of weird because I never really thought, uh, that I would be a musician or anything like that. But what really drove it is, uh, it was like the question was just implanted into my spirit. If something were to happen, if they couldn't play anymore, if they couldn't do anymore, if there was nobody else there, who is going to be the one to step up Mm. and to be able to do it? And so um, I just remember hearing music different from that point on. And um, to make a long story short, I um, sat down at a at a keyboard one day. Uh, I had bought a Yamaha YPG 235. Mm -hmm. Uh, I sat down at this this piano one day and I prayed for about two hours over uh, this little keyboard that I had in my room. And in one sitting, the Lord uh, taught me my major and my minor chords, all of my major, all of my minor chords. And uh, so anyway, to fast forward a little bit for you, basically uh, God took that and really just added passion to that. And everywhere I went, I noticed there was a, either a younger generation or some people there that really wanted to be involved in playing music or, or doing things. And God was still teaching me how to play different instruments. But I was like, God, you know, what good is this going to do me to know how to play these different things mm-hmm. if if I don't teach anybody else how to? Wow. And so, um, you know, I believe the sign of a good leader is somebody who can train someone to take their place later. Man, that's and so good. since that's the case, um, I, I really started feeling, you know, passionate about teaching people. So my wife being the intelligent individual, she is, she just can analyze things and think of things that I can't think of. We did personal lessons and uh, anyway, the opportunity arose. My wife got it lined up. And so now we have a music school. Uh, we teach right up to about 60 students. Um, we do some My homeschool goodness. co-op uh, in the local area. And as a matter of fact, we are just now starting to get into uh, some private schools in the area. Um, and we are teaching music lessons to uh, those individuals in private schools. So um it's just, it's, it's amazing uh, just to see what God is doing from us just being willing to take a chance. Man, that is so incredible. I didn't realize that you had that many students involved in it. Yes. Man, that is awesome. Uh, do you guys have a website or anywhere that we can refer people to? Yes, yes, we do. Uh, our website is Jennings Music dot org so jenningsmusic.org and uh you'll see just a few things on there um i'm still in the process of launching our uh online lessons and i think we're going to start via skype with some personal lessons um but as of right now we we mainly teach local um however if there's anybody that is interested in lessons or anything like that we do everything we can uh, to accommodate everybody that wants to learn Awesome, man. Well, thank you for that that resource, and thank you for uh, that vision and following that because it is so important. Uh, it's it's funny that you say that. Last night at 
uh, our Wednesday night Bible study, our drummer had to call out, uh, you know, any music minister that's been around for a while has had their drummer <laughs> call out it, you know, 10 minutes before service, something like yes. that. And so then we, we were, you know, we were in the valley of despair and trying to, you know, trying to find out what to do. And, uh, and so it was really cool, man, because there's a teenager uh, that just got into my youth group, but he's been, he's like 12 years old and uh, bro, he stepped up and played drums for the very first time last night. At wow. Church, and I was so incredibly proud of him. Oh my goodness. It was just an amazing thing. Is that, is that awesome for you guys uh, to see your students grow and then finally be used at that capacity? Oh yes. There, there is nothing like it. Um, our our youngest student is five years old. Oh, uh, our oldest student, I think, is sixty five. Um, and so, seeing the younger ones do things, or 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 maybe our our more elderly, you know, uh, getting a rekindled passion and being used in a specific capacity, there is literally nothing like it. Uh, from time to time, because we have kids in our local church that take lessons from us, if we're in rehearsal or something, I'll just hold the drumsticks up to them. I'll say, come on, come play. Or or I'll you know move over on the keyboard and say, all right, it's, it's your turn. So I let <laughs> them rehearse with the team so they can kind of get that feeling. So wow. it's not too crazy for them when, when they get to play in service. <laughs> when the time comes and you never right. know when that time will come. <laughs> man, that is so great, man. I love that. There's nothing like seeing kids and not just children, but adults that have you know yes. decided they want to learn and, and become a part of that. Um, man, it's just a beautiful thing. Now, uh, you are not only an incredible worship leader. I know that a lot of people know you as a, a singer uh, and a worship leader, um, but you're also a, a, a great preacher and a man of God. And I'm very thankful for your ministry. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about when God called you to the ministry and what was that journey like for you? Because this this podcast has a lot of listeners that um, when I get feedback, you know, young men, young ladies that feel called to the ministry and their number one question is usually, where do I start? You know, what was it like? How do I know I'm called? What was that experience like for you? Yes. Um well, I I never really thought that I would end up being a preacher. Mm. I never really thought that I would end up um, preaching to people. I never really thought I would end up uh, being a, a leader by any sort, but God had plans for me. And um, basically, whenever I felt the call to preach, it happened on the Texas District Campgrounds. Uh, in 2011, it was actually at a youth camp. I remember exactly where I was standing. I remember exactly the series of events that happened before it. But to make a long story short, uh, the Lord had a way of humbling me. Um, and he did so in such a way that all of my peers uh, were actually around to witness this. And so uh, anyway, I was just getting into singing. Uh, I had only been singing for maybe a year, maybe two years. And they asked me to sing a solo for the choir on the Friday night of youth camp. Everybody's going crazy. And at that point in time, I, I didn't fully understand what it meant to be anointed. I didn't fully understand what it meant to 
be human, I guess, because I thought if you were anointed, you didn't make mistakes whatsoever. And so when I messed up this song, not once, not twice, <laughs> but three times, three times. So I'm, I'm standing up in front of the whole congregation and it's, it's actually the presence of the Lord is here. Uh, which it's it's actually pretty surprising because this past Sunday was the first time I've led that song since that night. It just crazy stuff. Wow. Anyways, wow. so um, <laughs> so basically, uh, I'm up there, I'm singing, I mess the song up, I feel down, terrible stuff. I get back up, mess the song up again, and then I turn around and walk off. And the youth president comes, taps me on the arm, gives me the microphone back. I get back out there and butcher the song again. <laughs> so this 17 year old boy, uh, walks off of the platform when the song is over and locks himself in the bathroom, uh, that night. And, and I don't remember, it was Aaron Bounds actually that was preaching that night. I don't remember what he was preaching. All I knew is that I felt terrible. I felt like I was oh, worthless. Man. I felt like I didn't have anything to offer anybody. I felt like it was my last chance to be able to sing in front of people. I felt like I couldn't show my face anymore to anybody else. And I remember um, you know, getting up there for, for altar call and just putting, you know, I didn't have any emotion in it whatsoever. Uh, so I just remember this man coming up and he, and he lays his hands on me and, uh, I, I noticed it was a voice that I hadn't heard before and he wasn't in front of me. He just lays his hands around my neck, which I thought was weird. And he goes walking off. Well, right about that time, I had just had enough. Yeah. So I put my microphone down and I walk down and I just throw my jacket down and I just hit my face. And I said, God, whatever you're trying to do, just go ahead and do it. I can't take it anymore. And um, I remember from that point, I just remember people, different people. God was sending different people to come pray for me. The interesting thing is a lot of those people are now my family. Um, <laughs> my actual family, I've married into the family oh, wow. that, that I actually happened with. Wow. Um, but, uh, to, to say the very least, Aaron Bounds was preaching that night. Uh, Bishop was there. Bishop white, my, my father-in-law now was there and, um, God completely shifted my entire life that night. And it just came from him basically saying, look, you don't have all the answers, but I do. You may feel worthless, but I feel that you have worth. You may feel like you're not worth anything, but I feel like you you have some worth. And um, where where I think um, you know the the journey really started for me is the moment I got up off the floor and I walked to the side, and Aaron Bounds uh, calls me over and he says, he said, uh, so so what do you feel? And I just remember just thinking, I I don't really, I don't know what I feel. I don't know how to explain it at all. I don't, wow. he said, well, I tell you, he said, I'll tell you what you need to do. He said, you need to make sure that whatever you do, you pray and that you have fast days. He said, I want you before you leave the sanctuary, before you leave, I want you to make sure you have fast days. And I want you to make sure that you commit your life to prayer because wow. the only it's going to carry you is prayer and fasting. Man. And uh, from that point on, the Lord has just had his way, um, you know, so for anybody that that is going to be listening, 
if you're trying to figure out where ministry starts for you, if you're trying to figure out your first step, your first step is prayer and fasting. It's not always yes, going to be yes, this glamour. It's not always going to be this big thing. And it's not yeah. always going to feel good. But God can use you if you will commit your life to him. If you will commit the things that that you think nobody notices to him. And don't do it to be noticed. But just commit yourself. Commit your heart to him. Commit your soul to him. And uh, God will God will have his way in your life. Man, I love that. And I love how you hit on don't don't do it to be noticed because sometimes there is this false perception about ministry where it's, you know, all platforms, it's all pulpits, it's all microphones. Uh, and that is really uh, the opposite of the truth when it comes to exactly. what ministry actually is. Ministry is about taking up that towel and washing somebody's feet and that's right and and being like Jesus and being a servant and so I love that you hit on that uh one of the most memorable quotes from NAYC this year was from Mark Brown when he said the next revival will be an anonymous revival it yes. <laughs> it will be wow. people that are they're not concerned about getting the credit they're not concerned about the title they just want to see revival. So thank you for, for hitting on that. I know that's going to encourage somebody. Uh, when researching for this episode, I, I found uh, I'm, I'm always kind of that creeper before my interviews. I kind of go, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of go try to, you know, to YouTube and see what's been going on and, and be knowledgeable. And I've, I've heard you sing on many occasions. Uh, but it, when I was searching, I found a song called One God, <laughs> and this was a great song, bro. I listened to it and it blessed me. I did not know you were such a great songwriter. Uh, can you, well, first of all, is that one of just a couple songs or are you a songwriter of many songs? Um, that is one of a, of a few songs. Okay. Um, normally whenever it comes to songwriting for me, it's, it's a, a direct inspiration, uh, of the Lord type thing. And it's, it's normally born out of something. Uh, but yes, that, that is one of of a few songs. That's awesome, man. What a great song. Uh, I need to, uh, introduce that song to my dad. You know, he wrote our God is one, the book. So that, uh, I, I need to make sure he gets a hold of that song. Have you ever (laughs) recorded it? So (laughs) that is, is, (laughs) <laughs> I guess people are going to hear about it anyways, but that's actually um, in the process of, of happening. I don't know when it's going to happen, uh, but but there Man. is it is coming. I have not recorded Dude. it. Dude, hey, you heard it here first on the Noteworthy Podcast. Man, I'm so excited about that. I love it when my friends go record. Man, that blesses me. Yes. That blesses me. Well, let me know because I'll be the first one to buy it. Um, I got you. I'll keep you posted. Oh, I'm I'm here for you, bro. I'm ready. So, what does what does your songwriting process now? It 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 sounds like we're kindred spirits in a lot more ways than I realized. But uh, when you know, I have a hard time when I write uh, just sitting down to write. I just can't hardly do it. It has to be kind of a, a God moment, and so yes. I've kind of shifted my prayer life uh, to not pray, Lord, make me more skillful in writing, but rather help me to listen more for what you want me to write. Cause that, that, that tends to be, uh, what, 
what happens for me. Uh, but what does your songwriting process look like? What, what's that like for you? Yes. Um, well, the the songs that I have written, um, I, I can't even really take the credit for writing the songs. Um, they have come from direct inspiration of, of the Lord, whether it be through uh, prayer or just a burden that God lays on me. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, w- one of the songs, as a matter of fact, one God, um, I was sitting down and I was just praying one day and I, I like to play and pray at the same time. Yeah. I, I like to play my piano and pray at the same time. I like uh, and so I was, I was playing and, and I kept getting this, this tune and I was you know, feeling all these things. And, and so I was like, you know what, I need to record this. I don't know what it is, but I felt like it was almost like a, maybe a wartime thing or just an intensity uh, that was there. Well, later on, I'm just driving down the road, typical, uh, you know, (laughs) typical story. I'm driving down the road and I'm praying. I'm like, God, where's the oneness songs? God, where's the songs about just oneness. Where did all the songs go? Why aren't people writing songs about one God? Why, yeah, you yeah. know, and I'm just praying, praying, praying. And as I drive, literally it was a 25 minute drive. God gave me every single part man. to that song before I got home. That is awesome, man. And, and it just so happened to fold right into the music that I had played in prayer about a week before. How cool is that? And, um, so it, I, I can't really say that that I am 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 a good songwriter as far as just sitting down and being able to come up with these amazing words just because I want to. You know, a, a lot of my uh, songwriting just comes from prayer. It comes from God placing, uh, you know, a burden on me. And someone someone that I, that I can say that I really look up to as far as the songwriting thing goes mm-hmm. is uh Brittany Scott. Yeah. Uh, because she said something on tour. She was telling her story about just how some songs came to her. And she said, you know, I was, I was really praying and I was asking God basically what, what is the song for my church? What is the song for my city? What's the song for my home? What's the song for my family? Wow. And that is just so important because that's where ministry really begins. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not about what's going to be the song that's going to make all these people listen. It's not going to be what's going to be the song that's going to be sang at NAYC next. It's what's going to be the song that impacts my church, the the ground that God put me at to, to help take care of Man. what's going to be the song to impact where I am now. And I really believe that that's where God has, has pulled out some songs, uh, you know, from me as well to just say what songs are, are going to be anointed for my church. What songs are going to be anointed for this season of my church, you know, Man, that's so that's so powerful. I've been I've been quoting this lately um, that that God doesn't prepare you at home to uh, sing at the conference. God prepares you at the conference to sing at home. That's right. That, oh man, that's a truth. That God is is He's not preparing you to go out. He's He's taking you out so that you can take it to your city. And take it yes. to your church and have revival. I thank God for NAYC. I thank God for General Conference. I thank God for youth rallies. But none of that would matter if we don't go to those conferences and say, what about my city? 
That's what, right. What am I going to see at my church? Man, when I came back from NAYC, bro, I came back revved up. I'm like, I'm ready to have yeah. revival <laughs> in my city. And I pray That's that, right. you know, out of those 40,000 people, man, you can imagine how it truly is changing the world if they got a hold of that and actually took it back to their city. That's um, right. Now, speaking of NAYC, um, let's let's rewind a little bit back to 2017. Uh, now I thought I liked breakthrough when Eddie James sang it. I really did. <laughs> I really thought <laughs> I liked it, but then I learned that he can't sing it quite like David Jennings. And so, <laughs> so, uh, that was, that was awesome, bro. I was so proud for you. I was so excited about how God used you and the team. Uh, tell me a little bit about your NAYC experience. What was that like for you? Oh, wow. Um, just, it it was completely mind blowing. Um, it was an experience that just, it, it shocked me, um, being on, on, on that side, I guess, looking out, uh, first of all, when you have a leader like Aaron Curtis, uh, Aaron Curtis is just, he's amazing. He, to me, he's one of the greatest people that I know and and not just musicians. Yeah. He as a person is just a, he's just a great person. He's a servant. He prays. You can tell he talks to God and he believes in excellence. Yes. Um, and he just, he's just so kind about it. And so, uh, going into the NAYC experience, I still don't know how it happened. I still don't know why God allowed me to be there for that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, everything from rehearsals to, um, you know, just actually going into the services, it was, it was kind of different for me because from the outside looking in and, and maybe this will help somebody from the outside looking in, it looks like the people that are singing at NAYC are these like superhumans. Yes, sir. It's like, it's like they're, you know, everybody thinks they're just these superheroes or that, you know, basically when they come into NAYC, they have to be (laughs) NAYC David or NAYC Nathan or NAYC James or, you know, something like that. But the reality of it is that's not the case at all. Yeah, that's true. When you get called to do something like that, they're not calling you to fit some mold of what you think you're supposed to be in that moment. They're calling you because of what you've already been doing and the way you've been ministering for all of the time before that, when you thought nobody else was looking. And wow. so literally uh, the, the experience for me, even though there were thousands and thousands of more people, I felt like, I was doing what God has called me to do. I it's the it's the same way. Uh, okay, so I have a couple people that yeah. <laughs> that still make fun of me for this, but <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I I went ahead and I'm in the middle of worship leading. I'm exhorting, uh-huh. and I said something like, "If I had two or three people, well, well, the deal is." is I had somebody tell me they were like, really, man, that's what you're going to say. Two or three, you could have said 30,000. That was your moment. You could have said 30,000 people at that time. He said, what other place are you going to be able to go? But you know, we laughed about it real hard, but they said, you know, what's so good about that is the fact that you were just being you. Yeah. 
Yeah. You were, you were doing what you would do at home. And so, uh, the experience really was just, it's, it's powerful because you have all the different people there. Uh, but, but the Holy ghost, uh, was, was right there with us. We, the team got together not to take up too much time. No, go uh, the ahead. team, go ahead. the team got together. Um, and basically what happened is, but before we went out that night, uh, you know, we were discussing what was going to happen in service. We were going over the service schedule and, and there's that big place right before the bridge of breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, up until this point I had been praying, God, you know, what, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? Give me the words to speak. Give me, you know, what whatever is going to fit for the moment. And something just crossed my mind. And and it was something that my pastor used to tell me, uh, you know, when I was growing up, he said, if, if you don't know what else to do, just pray. Mm. And so literally wow. I told the team before we walked out, it was, it was maybe two minutes before we walked out. You know, they were like, so what, what do you plan on doing there? I said, honestly, I said, I have one request for all of you. I said, when we hit this point in time uh, in the song, I just want every single one of you to pray and just pray in mm. the Holy Ghost. Yes. And that is exactly what happened. Yes, sir. Um, there have been, and this has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with God because I have no power to do anything on my own. There have been people that have come up and have said, I remember this point. I remember when you prayed and depression left me. I remember, I remember when you prayed and, and I got the Holy ghost. So I remember, you know, I've had kids walk up to me and they're like, my friend got the Holy ghost during breakthrough. And you know, that's the type of stuff. Praise God. That's why we do what we do. It's yeah. not to be seen. It's not to be, you know, heard. It's not so people can say, ooh, they're one of the best singers ever. It's so that people can feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost and have their lives changed forever. Man, so that so miracles true. can happen. And so uh, the the experience was just, I mean, it, it's 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 unexplainable, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, but, but as far as you as a person, you, you're just you, you yeah, know, you're, yeah. you're not any, anybody else. Just it's the, it's everybody being together. It's the body of Christ being together like that. That's what makes it awesome. That's so awesome, dude. This, um, this year, you know, I don't, uh, I don't get overly nervous most of the time. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, uh, Wednesday night, I was pretty nervous and, uh, I don't usually get nervous like that. My wife, Rachel will tell you, I, I, the Lord helps me. I usually stay pretty calm, you know? Uh, and Wednesday night I had these nerves kick in, bro. I I gotta, I gotta share it with you because it was a God thing. So I'm standing over there. I'm probably looking super nervous. I don't know what I looked like. (laughs) All I'm thinking is. We're probably going to go up there, you know, and, and all this stuff is happening. And, you know, you have all this stuff going through your mind. It was such a great team. You know, I wasn't worried. Yes. I knew they were going to do perfect. It was going to be me that messed up, of course. And so all these different thoughts. And, bro, God started dealing with me. And right when I was dealing with that, Victor Jackson comes up to me, puts his hand on my shoulder and says, Nathan, I need you to be you tonight. I need you wow. to make sure that you're you. And I just kind of wow. started crying a little bit, uh, which Victor has become a friend of mine over the last few years. That meant so much to me. And I, there was this piece that came over me and I was standing at the stairs about to go up. Uh, 
and and I'm not saying this for for any glory because this certainly isn't about me at all. I'm just the nervous kid over by the the platform, you know. And so um, I'm about to hit the steps to go up for the first night to sing the first song, and I'm having this little pity party. And I I told God, Lord, there's you know I'm I'm trying to be humble in my spirit, right? And so right, right. I'm telling the Lord. Uh, God, there's so many people that could be standing here. You know, you know, I'm I'm going through all yeah. these. You know, there's so there's so <laughs> many. You know, I'm having this little pity party. You know, yes. there's so many people more talented than me. God, you know, I'm going through all these things in my head, and why <laughs> am I here? And and God, bro, when my when my foot hit that first step, the Lord spoke to me and said, "That's your problem. See, you're you think you're here because of your talent, but you're not." You're here. You're not here because of the talent that I put in you. You're here because of the anointing I put on you. Woo. That's that's why you're here, bro. He spoke to me, and when I when I walked up on that platform, bro, all fear was gone. Once I realized, once God spoke to me and said, "It doesn't matter how talented you are. That's not even yes. why you're here in the first place." And when you when you look at that team of people. Uh, it's so true what you said. Everybody kind of looks at each other like the superheroes of the, you know, the superheroes right, of right. the music movement, you know, NAYC. And really, we're just all a bunch of uh, uh, people that feel inadequate and scared. And God says, but I've anointed you for this time. That's right. And I've anointed so you. True. I've anointed you for this purpose. And I thank God for how God used you and your spirit. I have never forgotten it. And it was very inspiring for me. Now, um, I, I want to shift for just a second. I don't want to keep you too long, but I do have a quick question that I wanted to ask you about uh, your your preaching ministry, if I can yes. shift back here for just a moment. See, this is a great interview because I've got, you see, you see how difficult this is for me. I've got an incredible uh, worship leader and an incredible preacher, so I'm just trying to feed <laughs> everyone, everybody that's listening. Um, is it ever difficult for you um, to transition from music ministry to preaching ministry when you are asked to wear both of those hats in the same service? Um, honestly, it, it, it's not, um, because of the church, uh, that, that I attend and because of the leadership that I have, yes, um, I'm, I'm honestly just thankful that, that they trust me and that they allow me to, be able to grow and yeah. to be able to, to preach at home. There's nothing like preaching to your home church. Yes, and so a lot of times at home, uh, I will have to wear two hats in the, in the same service. So I may start off the service playing drums, but then the next time I come up, I'll be up to maybe preach or something. And so it, uh, I guess for me, it's, it's not you know, really a, a, a difficult switch for me because, uh, I, I guess to me, ministry is, is ministry. Again, I'm the, I'm the guy that basically whatever you have, God, however you want it done. If you need me to do this, I'll do it. If you don't need me to do this, I won't do it. And so, uh, I, by no means am I saying, uh, that I, I am a skilled preacher uh, of any sort, but, uh, what I am saying is I'm just, I just try to be what, what God wants me to be if, if I can. That's awesome, man. That's good. That's good advice. Um, now when you do preach, um, what does your preparation 
process look like on a more practical standpoint? Now, I know, of course, I know, of course, everything starts with prayer. I know everything starts with that. But on a more practical stance, what does your preparation look like for you when you prepare between the pool, between the prayer room and the pulpit? Yes. Um, So between the prayer room and the pulpit, one thing I'll say is, is Bishop always says uh, to us preachers, he always says, son, always have something in your pocket. Mm. Like, okay, Bishop, I, I will. So at, at home, you never know when you're going to be asked to do something. You never <laughs> know when you're going to be asked to teach a Bible study. You never know when you're going to be asked to preach at the daughter work, you know, uh, whichever night. Uh, you know, you never know when, when you're going to make a, a hospital call to where you're going to need to go up and pray for somebody. So uh, since that's yeah. the case, Bishop has always, always made sure that, that we as preachers are always mindful. And I think more than more than just having a message in your pocket uh, as a preacher, having your eyes open and your ears open. Yeah, yeah. And and what I mean by that is sometimes God will allow you to see things and God will allow you to be around things or hear things that will spark something in you and that that may actually help somebody. You know, you you never know which bit of information you're going to get and not just information from from the Bible. Of course, that is what we preach. We preach Bible. But sometimes God has principles in things that he's created. God has principles in things that, you know, uh, he is just uh, allowed different people to go through or in the way that he forms something. Yes. God has principles that are that are hidden, you know, um, what does the scripture say? What learn from the ant, thou sluggard? Yeah. Uh, you know when, when the scripture says things like that. Well, that ant is is technically not a whole chapter in the Bible. That ant is not the Bible. The ant is a creature that God created, and so uh, I think it's interesting when the scripture says things like that. That basically means you need to observe. Wow. Observe what's happening. Observe your church. Mm-hmm. Some things are done by inspiration. Some things are are, are done by uh, information. And so, you know, wow. you, you need to, and that's another thing that, that my bishop, you know, says. So some things it is, you know, you get direct inspiration from the Holy Ghost. Some things you get information from somewhere and say, God, okay, I, if this is what you want. So also being in the word, you've got to be in the word and you've yeah. got to stay in the word. Yes, sir. Um, there have been times where I've, I've literally sat there and thought, God, I've got nothing to say. I don't even know how I'm going to answer this question. And boom, just as quick as that, God will bring to my remembrance something that I read in the word. That's why scripture says, thy word have I hid yeah. in my heart. Yeah. It's not just so that you won't sin against him, but it's literally you have it hid in your heart. And sometimes a question is asked to you and it opens that up so the word can come out from being hidden. And so anyways, uh, that's that's just kind of, I guess, how it is for me. I hope that answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Thank you for for helping us with that. I I really love when I get to interview ministers like yourself that will help break things down on a practical side because um, we we all know what it's like to 
to not know where to start. You know, there's a lot of people that, that, you know, were not raised in ministers' homes. They weren't raised around preachers. They weren't even raised around the church. And then God, God saves them and he calls them. And so I'm, I'm really thankful that this podcast has been a resource for that demographic of people that have a call on their life, but they, they're saying, okay, what's step A? What's yes. step B? What's step C? Where do I go? You know, if plan B doesn't work, what's plan C? You know, and so right, th- exactly. thank you for that, David. Thank you for that. Um, I, I do not want to keep you too late. I'm going to wrap up with this question. And I, I usually always end the interviews with this question. Uh, in our generation, what do you think that we need to work on? I've, I've been using the term Generation Z uh, because of Jack Cunningham's message, you know, Generation Z, yes, apostolic yes. to the core. What a powerful message that was. Amazing and, message. And uh, I know there was a thousand people that got the Holy Ghost that night, thousands of miracles. And that's what that's what we need to be seeing in these last days. And I believe that that is the will of God. But yes. what can we do? What do we need to work on in this generation to make sure that we are apostolic to the core? I think one thing that that we need to look at as as a generation and um you know I I think part of the concept was definitely touched at NAYC and different things but I think sacrifice yeah wow um I I think sacrifice I believe there are many things that fall into the same category as uh you know sacrifice or basically fall under as a subgroup to sacrifice. Um, I think as a generation, we need to be willing to sacrifice some things. I think one of the things that we have going on is we have a lot of people that seek comfort, which there's nothing wrong with comfort uh, uh, until you get the mentality that it's just fine for you to stay there. I believe there is seasons for comfort and for you to feel uh, completely at ease. But I also feel that there are seasons for people where God will be stirring things up in you for a reason. God will stir the pot for a reason. A mama bird always makes the nest uncomfortable, starts to take that padding out when it comes times for the birds to fly. Wow. Mm. And so. God sometimes does that to us to where he starts to take some of that padding out and he's saying, okay, now it's time for you to fly. But I really think sacrifice is a big, big thing uh, that, that our generation may need to, to learn a little bit more about. We, I I don't know about you, but I grew up hearing all different types of stories about, um, you know, just d- different people that built churches from from nothing and right. people that just didn't even have money people who slept in their cars and and preached the the word on a street corner that wow. right there that is sacrifice Man, thank you jesus you know um i i grew up in a church that started out as a as a home home missions church and i'll i'll tell you where my heart comes from I'll tell you why I I am the way I am to this day is because there was a woman named Genevia Jennings who decided to take it upon herself when she didn't have a whole bunch of money. When the pastor had left the church that she was at, she sold P 
peanut brittle. She made peanut brittle from her own money and sold peanut brittle to pay the bills for the church building until God would send a pastor to the city. Wow. And that woman was my mother. My goodness. And so that's why I am a firm believer in sacrifice. I believe there is another dimension of anointing that can come to people. If you're, if you're wondering, you know, maybe some listeners wondering, God, where's the next dimension? Where's the next sacrifice? Find out instead of, instead of looking for things that, that you can slouch on or looking for convictions that you can let go, say, God, give me convictions that, that actually challenge me. Give me more convictions. I don't need to let down on anything. Give me more convictions. Let me sacrifice more for you. If there was any advice I could give, it's be willing to make sacrifices not just monetary sacrifices not just you know your money but your comfort your time your efforts what you invest your heart into what you invest your time is a big thing right now what you invest your time into you know it's it's just a a big thing I, i don't really know how else to say it but but just be willing to to make sacrifices man that is so good it was, it was Victor Jackson that said, Man measures greatness by what you gain. God measures greatness by what you sacrifice. And yes. I think that the number one thing that our generation struggles to sacrifice is their time. Nobody has yes. enough time. Everybody's so busy. There's always some place they have to be. But when you say, God, you, it's not just my money. It's not just my talent. It's not just... just you know, my income, but it's, I'm going to give you my time. I'm going to pray. I'm going to devote myself to you. I'm going to take time to read the word. I'm going to take time to be faithful to church. You know, that's when God will take us to the next dimension. Bro, I am so thankful for your time. I'm thankful for your friendship. I thank God for what he's doing in your life. Uh, And I feel so honored to be connected to you, man. Yes, I, it was an honor to be able to be here, uh, you know, with you. And thank you so much for asking. Um, this is a, an amazing, you know, podcast, and I'm thankful for what you are doing, uh, for the avenue that you have created for people to listen and for people to gain knowledge and just hear about different things and and hear your heartbeat and hear others' heartbeats. It's it's just amazing. Man, that means so much to me, man. Please greet your family, greet your church, and uh, I know that you're going to do great things this coming Sunday. I'm praying for your city, praying for revival at your church, and I love and appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you as well, brother. God bless you. God bless. Bye-bye.